Welcome to Arise Life, a community of believers being equipped, empowered, and released into their destiny. For more information, go to AriseLife.org or follow us on Facebook, Twitter, or Instagram. You know, we've been talking for quite a while about this idea of the things that block us from hearing God's voice. And there's one area that um, I've seen consistently, but it, I, I even forgot about it because it doesn't quite go with this. Because when we think about hearing God's voice, we think about us hearing God's voice, right? As individuals, right? My ability to hear, my ability to listen. Um, but I have a question. Anybody here known anybody, not you, but known someone who in trying to hear God's voice became a little bit weird, Two of us, three of us, four of us, five, six, seven, go, seven. Why is that? Why is that? I would submit it's because they heard God all by themselves. You know, they, the line, you know, there's a way that seems right to a man. And, and so, you know, uh, and it's not just that sometimes, have you ever noticed that when somebody starts to get weird, they vote all the normal people off their island and they only keep the weird people? Okay. All right. Okay. That's never happened to you. Anyway, so, so th- what happens is they vote it and they're left with just the people, hey, I think it's a great idea. Yeah. I'll give you an example. One of the funniest things you'll ever see is men giving other men relationship advice. <laughs> you know what you ought to do? Yeah. Every woman loves that. I get her a vacuum cleaner. Don't do that. That is not the voice of the Lord. <laughs> She's like, what's the, resa- what's the resale value on it? I could do, I could work with this. No, <laughs> eBay calling. No, or my other favorite is when women give other women relationship advice. Well, you know what he's thinking. No, he's not. He's not. He hasn't in years. <laughs> That's not happening. It, you know, I mean, it's true, guys. Is it not true? <laughs> And so when you gather all the people who think like you, you're dumb together. <laughs> Collective dumbness. It's a, it's a thing. And so if we are to hear God's voice and not become weird and not fall up, we have to do it in the midst of diverse community. We need people who are not like us with us. That's why the lowest level of diverse community is a marriage. Right? Anybody notice that? You're like, why could you not be more like me? Because I'm a man. Oh, yeah, that. <laughs> right? Anybody, anybody shocked? You're like, he's just like me. He's just like, he's like a male version of me. No, he's not. No, no, he is not. He is not. You're like, men and women are the same. Lies. Lies. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> when we were dating, like, he, I think he was just so nice to me that he would go along with anything, you know? <laughs> like shopping or go see my family for weeks. And I was just like, oh, wow, he just likes all the same stuff I do. Okay, guys, who did that? Who did that, my boys? That's right, that's right. And then we get married, and slowly it starts, you know, coming out that maybe he doesn't enjoy two weeks out of my family, you know. With, with every year. Uh, for slavery. No, um... Uh, I'll tell you stories sometime. Uh, we, would go to, we would go to Siberia. That's already not a good thing. 
we would go to Siberia, and Masha would spend the week with her mother, 10 days with her mother, two weeks. Shopping. Uh, shopping. And, and I would be sent out to the dacha, which was this shack in the woods, with her father, who'd been working on this shack for 25 years without success in finishing. And we would do projects. One year, we worked, no lie, no lie, 10 days on the column to hold up a staircase in a shack that's as big as this stage. It was not a shack, it, it's it, a house. But it was a shack at that point. <laughs> anyway, it was, a, it, and it was, it was the, I mean, this thing could have held an elephant. We spent 10 days. I got done. I was like, at least I did that. I found out later he took it out. <laughs> now, anyway, anyway, that's just fun stories. But what I want to say with that, what she said is, anybody had that bait and switch? You were like, you, you complete me. Why are you different? Right? Um, you know, and uh, <laughs> yeah, so um, <laughs> pull up. Anyway, um, so, but this thing about it is, is the lowest, God's idea is diverse unity. But we don't like it, do we? Anybody here? I just want to be with people like me. Nobody? <laughs> but what happens is we become weird, right? Um, you know, we don't have somebody to look us in the eye. I cannot tell you the number of times. I get up really, really early, and we don't talk until Masha's had her coffee. And she's done her makeup, and she's done everything. We just don't talk. There, there's going to be no wisdom. And so I've all this revelation encounter with God. I have understanding of all things. And then we meet. It's been, you know, how many, however long it's been, I get up at like 5.30 and we, we talk and, and I'm like, I've got all these ideas and I come and I bring them to her and I look at her and her eyes, all, I, all she has to do is go. And I'm like, that sounded so much smarter on the inside. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, this is amazing. Oh, wait, that's stupid. Never mind, right? You, we need people who don't think like us, don't look like us, to be able to look us in the eye and go, you don't know what's going on. That may work in your little bubble of insanity, but it doesn't work in the real world. And it's so important. But how, so we, in fact, we all long for community, don't we? We all long to belong, don't we? Um, can we throw up that picture? We had an amazing gathering at our house on Friday for all the people who've risen up on the various teams in leadership. And you know what? How you rise up in leadership? You rise up. You actually begin to give, raise up other people. You begin to serve in such a way that raises up other people. It's not domination. In our culture, right? In our culture. Rise. Yeah. In our culture. And these are the people and, or, and some spouses and significant others that, that are rising up in our culture. And you look at that. I don't know about you, but I, some of you are looking at you're jonesing for some of that. You know what I mean? You're like, I want some of that. I want to be on the inside of that. I want part of that. That's our natural bent. We're made to be in community. And I got to tell you, I'm amazed at the health that's in life that's in our community. But anybody been on the outside of, we can, we can go back to the original um, image. Anybody been on the outside of a community? I watched a couple weeks ago, you ladies had a little uh, uh, girl party up here during worship. And there were like, like five or six girls huddled us, yeah. together. <laughs> and I saw, I saw the look of hunger in you all ladies' eyes. I want to be a part of that. And some of you ladies are like, I'm getting me something. Or came up and joined the huddle. And, and I saw others pull back, afraid. Why would we be afraid of community that we're made for? Right? 
Just keep that in mind. But the first thing I want to do is, I want to say is we know we're made for community. We know we long for community. You know how I know? You're here today. If you weren't, you'd be somewhere else. So you, we long for community. But my question is, why? What is it about community that we need? What is the good that community brings our lives? Fellowship, love. So uh, love, encouragement. Somebody break down fellowship for me. It's a little too um, support, okay? To be together, togetherness. Whoa, stimulation. It's stimulating. Wow. Okay. Stimulation. Okay. Context, people. Context, people. All right. Love, encouragement. What else? I missed some. Okay. Yeah, that makes sense. Iron sharpens iron. I love that. Yes? Uh, exception, accepted. Accepted and, and uh, to make us better. Balance, accountability. Okay, that's good. That's already like really good stuff. Hugs, hugs, hugs. Hugs. Masha's hugs. Okay, all right. Balance and, oh wait, what, balance and what? There was something. Balance, I missed something. And, oh, accountability, that's it. All right, so the interesting thing about all these things is you can't have these by yourself, by nature. I'm going to support myself. <laughs> It doesn't work. You know, I, I accept me. Anybody did that? You like just accepted you and probably shouldn't have. <laughs> I, I, I mean, I, I'll give you another example. I was a single guy for a long time. And men sh- gee, God said in the beginning, it is not good for man to dwell alone. And he knew what he was talking about. <laughs> I had my own apartment. I had my dog. I had everything. And I thought I had a good thing going. Because the dog's hair, you really couldn't see on the carpet. So you didn't have to vacuum very often. Anyway, and, uh, and you know what happened is Masha came to visit. It was the first time we were going to see if we were going to start dating. She came to visit. And all of a sudden, I saw my apartment through different eyes. Anybody know what I'm talking about? You're like, I saw it through her eyes and she wasn't there yet. If I had actually seen them through her eyes, I would have been terrified. But I, I just, what I thought, maybe my standards needs to come up a little bit, right? I started to clean. I started to change. Why? Because I need someone else's perspective because I accepted me just fine, but it might have smelled a little bit. Anyway, uh, I, I was kind of a hygiene-free zone, you know? Anyway. <laughs> Not completely, but you know, it was lower standards. Boys, come on, back me up. You boys are like, I'm not nodding next to my wife. No, I'm not. I'm, not. I'm with you, but in spirit. And I feel you. All right, okay, anyway. Hey, listen, I see what, okay, we're, I'm just going to out us all. All right, I'll just throw myself under the bus. All right, but here's my question. If this is what we're made for, if this is what we long for, if this is it, why don't we have it? Why? Anybody here experienced a bit of community and then it went south? Twice? Three of us? Some of you are like, today. Um, so here's my question. How are the ways that community goes south? Because when it goes south, we pull back, right? So what are some of the ways? Don't get too brutal. What are some of the ways? And don't use names. Offense. I've never been offended. I'm offended you said that. Gossip. Gossip. Slander. 
betrayal. But, okay, you slow down, boys and girls. Slander, lies. What was this? Betrayal, jealousy, judgment, being ignored, ignored. I heard uh, judgment, jealousy, judgment. That's right. Disenfranchised. And I always wanted to have a McDonald's. Sorry. Sorry. Disenfranchised. You, do you mean like kicked out? Is that, what it, is that what we're saying? What's that? Kicked out. Kicked out. All right. Fro- ooh, kicked or frozen? All right. What else? Oh, supportive of your sins. Anybody here been trying to change and people are like, you don't need to change? <laughs> yeah, sabotage. Yeah, there you go. Sabotage. Uh, okay, anybody else? Fake. Oh. I, hey, can I just be real? I, I don't know what the word for this is. I think it's judgment, but to me it's much deeper. It's when I've been real and you use it against me. Ooh. All right, religion. Can we throw in control? Ooh, yes, ah. domination, domination. Ooh, yes, please. <laughs> yes, please, yeah. <laughs> Nation, control. What was that? Ob- Ooh, yes. Obligation. Obligato. All right. Gaslighting. Obligation? Oh, yeah, yeah. When, when you, when, so, listen, I just want to say right now, let me, let me stand here in the place of leadership because I feel I just saw something rise up. If you saw abuse happening in your community, your family, and you called it out and you were the one made the victim, as leadership, I'm gonna, I want to say something. For your sake, please forgive us because you need to be free. Because when we, are, when we hold on to the, the offense, we actually pull back from the very gift of God because we learned it's not okay. And please forgive us that if we did not believe you when you came to tell us horrible things about people that we, we believed and trusted, please forgive us. It is not okay that as leadership we did not believe you. Or as fathers and or mothers as fathers in the and Because you risked to bring something horrible to light and we didn't believe you. And that's not okay. And um, uh, it's, it's really a really, really big deal. Because when you learn that about leadership, what do you do? What's that? Stop trusting. You don't bring anything more to them? You stop trusting? I'm out? Listen, I, I want to say something here. God gave you and I healthy healthy innate boundaries. Do you understand that? Like we are, when we are around abuse, we can't stay. So we're either going to physically leave or we're going to emotionally leave. Do you understand that? It's like if I put my hand on a hot stove, I can't say, well, I think I'll keep my hand there. My hand decides for me. And we will back away, even if we religiously think we're not allowed to, we will back away inside. And that's God's love to you, that he gave you grace to be able to back away from danger. And if you were shamed for actually having good reflexes to domination, control, abuse, all those things, I want to say, I bless you. God saved you in the midst of hell. That was his grace to you, even when those who were speaking in his name were not protecting you. 
And I, and I just, again, any shame, I just, I just, I just, I just, I rebuke that. That shame for actually protecting your heart, you didn't just break it, it off break in it Jesus' off of you. name. Ooh, come on. Jesus. Come on. The, the problem is when we experience these things, we, ha- we start to make um, um, vows. vows. Ooh, good. Wait, two words no, um, <laughs> vows. Internal vows. Internal vows. Like, I will never. Or, right? What are some vows that we make when these things happen to us? I will never. Okay, I'm just going to say never. Okay. Never open. What else? Never trust. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, ooh, oh, man. That's the, uh, I got to tell you, uh, this is confessions of a leader. You know, the worst thing in the world is to judge leadership and then be placed in leadership because everything you judge leadership for falls on you like a ton of bricks. Like you're like, you're like, I will never, you know? Well, I mean, it's like, it's well, like, like being a parent, right? Yeah, yeah. It's like, oh, I will never do that. Yeah. There and, I go. Right. You know, the old thing about a vow is the very thing you declare, you become. The opposite of, right? The boy who says, I will never abuse my, mo- my wife the way my dad abused my mom. Statistically becomes what? Mm-hmm. And until he releases his dad. Yep. So what, what are so, so let's see. I'll never do that mm-hmm. as a leader. What else? What are uh, some other vows? Never believe in myself. I'll never go to church. Never commit. What else? Never be safe. Mm. Mm-hmm. Ooh, yeah. If the Bible gets used against you, can you trust the Bible? Oh, my. Yeah. Yeah. Trust God. Trust the Bible. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. What was that? Shut down. Shut mm-hmm. down. Yep. Oh, okay. Come on. Come on. Yeah. I saw a hand back there. Okay. Anybody feel like really raw right now? I got really good news for you. Is rawness raw? Okay, rawness is the place. I feel like I have like bunny ears that I'm trying to get a signal. Anyway, humor, by the way, is God's anesthesia. Um, and uh, but rawness is the place that change happens, right? I mean, have you ever, I mean, that's the nature of what surgery is, right? It's rawness. And, but we avoid rawness at all costs because rawness usually brought us this, right? Mm-hmm. Um, God is not the author of your pain, but he is your healer. Mm-hmm. And so um, I want to I take a minute because before we go on, we really need to kind of deal with some of this stuff real quick. Masha is going to lead us through an activation. And then on the back side, we're going to go on with some stuff about community. So, mm-hmm. All right. Let's just close our eyes. <laughs> um, as, as we were talking here, I know all of us are activated and have scenarios flashing through our minds and have people and faces. And I feel like let's just start at home. Let's just start with our mom and dad and our family situation. And let's just do some forgiving. Yes. 
So Jesus, I forgive um, my mom. Jesus, I forgive my mom. Um, whatever he's highlighting um, for you to forgive. Who she was as, a, as the mother of the house. I forgive her for not protecting me. Yep. I forgive her for manipulating me. Mm -hmm. For shaming me. For not believing me. I forgive her for prioritizing the public opinion about our family over me. Ooh, Jesus. Mm. Just whatever, Holy Spirit is highlighting different things for different people. Like all of us have different experiences. I forgive my mom for abandoning. Some, some of us have been abandoned. I, I feel like I, I just, I, I sense there's many of us right now who are triggered and our vow is the only thing that's been protecting us. Mm -hmm. And we really need to discern, God, if I release these vows over my mother, which I have so much evidence about, if I, if I release these vows, can you protect me? Can you protect my heart? And if you're really struggling, you can ask him, how can you protect my heart? Because he doesn't want to leave us naked. He wants to clothe us in his protection and his life. But to give up the cloak of our own vows, we have to, we have to believe. Jesus, I just ask right now you'd release your Holy Spirit over this place right now to give people courage to believe, to believe in your trust, that you can protect them. So Jesus, I repent for judging my mom. I repent um, for making vows that I will never be like her or whatever, whatever the vow was. I will never be a mom like her or... I will never treat my children like I was treated. Just whatever it was. I will never be weak like her. <clears throat> I will never be domineering like her. Whatever your thing is, I start releasing it. And mom, I just, I just give you a gift of my forgiveness. I forgive you and I release you. And I know that for some of us, it's, we can't say face-to-face -face anymore because they're, they've passed away. But I just still want you to picture them and just hand them over to Jesus. And just say, Jesus, I just give my mom to you. Jesus, I just give my mom to you. I release her. I release her. And let's just do the same thing with our dads. Jesus, I forgive my dad. Jesus, I forgive just my dad. Just whatever, it's going to be specific to people. And I release him from my judgment. I release him from my judgment. I repent for making vows. And just if, if the Lord has highlighted a vow that you've said over and over, I'll never, never do or never be... Um, And it doesn't mean that by releasing the vow, you become that. It's actually the opposite. It releases you to become who Jesus mm -hmm. says you are. And you can do this process just as faces rise up. Just say, I forgive, I release.
whether siblings I or people in I churches, pastors. Um, there's, most of us have a lineup, friends, people we trusted, people we ran with, husbands and wives. If you're wondering if it's worth it, these are the barriers to actually being able to show up in relationship, show up in community. Mm-hmm. So I know for many of us, this is just the beginning of work that Holy Spirit will be doing as we start releasing. Come on. But if someone is just popping up, like really, like on, your, on the screen of your mind, just go ahead and just forgive them. If it's a leader, if it's an abuser... With someone who's really messed you up. Um, first, just ask Jesus, Jesus, will I be okay if I let this go? Yeah. Yeah. And then just release him to Jesus, yeah. release them to Jesus. You know, God is a God of justice, but as long as we demand revenge, he can never bring justice. As long as we are the authors of justice, he can never work on our behalf. So Holy Spirit, as I am just um, releasing all of this, what, what do you want to give me in exchange? Just ask him. What do you want to give me in exchange? I feel like with relationships, as we release and break off judgment from access, like if you're single, like that's, that could be something that's standing in the way of building a future relationship. Come on. Oh, Jesus. Jesus. I would submit um, the biggest reason why community and relationship goes south is that it's utterly impossible without Jesus. Mm-hmm. It's fundamentally impossible. I always say this about husbands. Guys, you and I know that birthdays are impossible. You cannot buy a woman what she wants when she doesn't know what she oh, wants. Christmas or... <laughs> <laughs> Some men's are like, I'm so triggered, I can't see straight. <laughs> you know, how am I supposed to buy you what you want if you don't know what you want? Who knows what she wants? Jesus. I'm not joking. You have no idea. I have bought gifts for Masha by word of knowledge for years. I'm not joking. I am not joking. I remember one year, I, I was like, Jesus, I have no clue. I was terrified. Not that she would beat me, I don't think. Um, <laughs> No, but I, I want to love her well, but I'm a man. I mean, you know. <laughs> anyway, and, and I'm wondering, this was in the city of Veronish, and I was like, I felt like the Lord said, get her this cast iron pot. And that's like buying a, a, a vacuum cleaner. I'm like, this is not going to end well. And I'm like, I'm like, no. And I mean, literally, I was like, finally, like a month or two, I'm, I'm wrestling with the Lord. Finally, I could not find this thing anywhere. And I, I was like, Lord, what do I do? And I'm walking through the street just lost. I'm sure like, you know, like policemen would stop me. Are you okay, sir? You know, but anyway, and I felt like the Lord said, walk into this appliance store. <laughs> like it was a little kiosk. I was like, nah. And he's like, no, really? 
And I walk in there. I'm just so lost. And I literally felt him guiding me through the strong room. And finally, I stop and I look up and there it is. There is the only cast iron pot in this entire city of a million people. And I'm like, Jesus, I love you. No, I and mean, then he dragged that thing was like 40 pounds or something. And he took it on the bus and everything. Yeah. <laughs> brought it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I mean, but the reality is, how can I love you when you don't know what you need? Mm -hmm. I can't. I mean, I, I mean, you know, I, I, how we often love each other the way we want to be loved. Anybody found that doesn't work very well? Like, <laughs> I brought you this gift. Gifts don't do anything for me. Ah, you rejected my love. <laughs> like, no, they just don't do anything for me, right? And so this whole thing is without Jesus, without Holy Spirit, we're not going to be able to love well. We're not. But... Let me, let me just show you some things about what Jesus says about community real quick. If you guys got Bibles, I recommend them. Um, just flip over to John chapter t uh, 13. I would submit another reason why that relationship, as you're looking for that, is relationship goes south is because we make it about ourselves. Anybody? Anybody, uh, you, you know what a relationship where I make it about me is? It's called being a cat. You know what a cat does? Cat's like, fine, you're finally home. Feed me. Stand right there. I need some rubs. No, don't touch me. <laughs> right? Like, that, that is called being a cat in a relationship, right? You are here to meet my needs. Did, you did, wasn't that part of our vows? I submit myself to allow my needs to be met by you in sickness and in health. Now your turn. I submit to meet all your needs. No, that's not what it is. But in fact, in fact, that community and relationship only works when it's not about us. But if it's not about me, who's going to meet my needs? Jesus through other people. All right. Which is scary, right? Which is not possible if, because of these, I sent all of you to hell. I'll just leave that there. All right, John chapter 13, verse 33. This is right at the end of Jesus' life. Jesus is preparing to go to the cross. He spent three years with these disciples, and they still can't find their way out of a paper bag. And he's about to give them the entire planet. And so he's like, okay, crash, crash course, crash course. I'm going to give it all to you. He said, up to this point, you know, I'm, I'm making everything known to you. I no longer call you servants. I call you friends. Come on, because I've revealed everything to you. He says this, verse 33. My children, I will be with you only a little longer. You will look for me. And just as I told the Jews, so I tell you now, where I'm going, you cannot come. Now, if your mom is leaving the house for an extended period of time, and you're a child, what are the last things she's going to tell you before she leaves? <laughs> the important stuff, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Don't slap your, don't slap your brother. Uh, don't set fire to him. Don't do this, don't that, right? Do you know what I mean? She's going to tell you the most important things, right? Because this is her last chance. She may tell them to you three times. <laughs> yeah. Verse 34. So what's that important thing? A new command I give you. A totally different type of command. Love one another. I thought we were doing that. No, you were not. <laughs> right? 
Love one another. Love. What, is, what does he mean? Do you guys remember in the Sermon on the Mount when he said, who are we supposed to love? Our neighbor, that, that, the good Samaritan. Who else? Our, love your neighbor as yourself. And who else? Our enemies. Yeah, I don't have that. <laughs> I was good on the love myself. I would love my neighbor because they stand right here so I can, you know. But love my enemy? I, whatever the thing I call love doesn't go that far. And Jesus is saying, because what you have is not love, capital L. He's saying, I say to you, if you're going to go, if there's going to be life, there's going to be a community that radically transforms the world, y'all need to understand why I put you on earth, and it is to love one another. Okay? As I have loved you, be reasonable. As I've loved you. Well, let's see. How did he love them? He was God sitting in heaven, perfect every way, no limitations. And he said, I will come down to earth as a tiny baby who can't even control their bowels because I want relationship with you, because I love you. I'm for you. Again, my love doesn't go that far. As I've loved you, you, so you must love one another. And by this, the, you know the only mark? The only mark. By this, they will know that you are my disciples if you love one another. Not if you put up with each other. Not if you cover each other up each other's stuff. Not if you, whatever. If you love each other. <laughs> no. People are scary. Okay, okay, okay. Love them as long as they don't do these things. And anybody, you're like, I will love people, Lord. I'm totally good with that as long as they don't hit my list. No, love. Love, some of us have been told that love just means being um, a victim, putting up with stuff. That's not love. Did you see Jesus putting up with stuff? <laughs> when the Pharisees are like trying to trap him, he's like, I'm out of here, right? Jesus had great boundaries. Love does not mean living a life without boundaries. Amen. Mm. Yeah, we'll just yeah, leave that right there. All right. Oh, well, let's keep going because then he spends chapter, we have a word coming in. No, okay, I'm we have a chapter 14, 15, and 16. He keeps going over and over. You, but if you want this love, you have to do what? Remain in me. Right? The sap of the vine is the love of God. It's coming through us. And if you remain in me, out of you will come fruit. I've said this before. If someone's trying to love you, make them stop. Because his love flows from the inside out. His love. And in fact, his love only starts when ours stops. When we recognize, I can't. And so he keeps going in, ver in chapter 16. keeps going. And it finally comes to chapter 17 of John. And God had me in chapter 17 of John for this week. I, I asked him not to. Anybody here argued with God and won? 
I did. Anyway, he had me in John chapter 17. And John chapter 17 is one of these, like, it just keeps going around and around. You feel like you're in a blender. He just keeps going over the same ground over and over again. I was like, Jesus, help me understand what's going on. And, and he really got, because it's all about, I am one with the Father. And I want you guys to have the same kind of unity that I have with the Father. Crazy, right? The Father. So, just blows your mind. So you guys know that, that the, if you don't, you're about to learn. Um, God is what? Three persons in perfect unity. They are one. This is God. God the Father, God the Son, and God the Holy Spirit. The one God with three people so unified you can't separate them out. God says, as I and the Father and the Holy Spirit are one, so y'all are supposed to be one. Anybody's brain just fried? Just, just like... <laughs> now, the reality, though, is the Son is never the Father. He's never subsumed into the Father. He never loses his identity. Anybody lost your identity in a relationship? Mm-hmm. You know, runaway bride style? You know? Oh, scrambled eggs. Yeah, those are my favorite, right? Not that. You still completely separate and yet com- full, completely united that you all may be one even as we are yeah. one. So I feel like we're going to be unpacking this for the next couple of oh, weeks, yeah. right? Oh, yeah. So we're just scratching the surface. I feel like we're just painting the big picture of where um, we want to go as, as we're just, um, we've been processing a lot just between ourselves and like with different people, different leaders, um, the whole idea of how do you create space, right? How do you build this community? How do you make this unity? You know, what the Jesus talks about, they will know you by your love. How do you build it, um, this environment, this culture where people can literally step in and experience it, right? So those are the kind of thoughts. Uh, we want to invite you to just start thinking and talking with each other and digging into this, this space of how, how does it happen? And I feel like everything we do here is with the intention of building that culture. Like every choice we make is, is driven by culture at arise, right? Yeah, everything we do is with that thought. How do we build something where people can just, um, from outside, can step in? And I feel like um, the ladies, um, when Monica, when they went to see you guys at the retreat, right? There was three girl, couple girls. How many of you, three. Emily? Three, right? Emily, Cassandra, and Ryan. So you guys were able to take our culture and 3D print in, a, in the format of that day, right? Something that, Monica, you and your ladies could literally step into. And fully experience it. And right experience then. it, right? You were able to experience our, like a small model of our culture. So I feel like this is where we're going as we're building community, as we're building culture, is literally um, this 3D printing. And Mariana, you had this uh, word, we were um, talking over dinner one time, and you had this word that we're literally 3D printing here, and it's like the walls are like about this high already, but they're unified and they're all around. And so to us, it means that they can hold this much already of culture and presence, right? But as we're growing in it, as we're exploring, we're learning how to build it, print it further, right? So that people, that we can go, I don't know, just on the streets to the homeless, actually like we went to the homeless ladies, right? And we can 3D print a, a portion of the kingdom that they can literally step into our community and be transformed. 
come on. Do you, are you guys <laughs> catching this vision? Like I can see it so clearly, but it's so hard to put into <laughs> words. <laughs> well, and, and along those lines, one of the things I've seen, is there's two extremes with community. One extreme is, I call it hyper-individualization. It's the American cocktail party. I show up, I mingle, I chat, I share nothing deep and vulnerable. We have fun, we listen to music, get a little jam on, and then we go home. The other is Branch Davidian. The what? <laughs> the other is occult domination control. There's no way out. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Those are like our two, th those are the two dishes. Like, and people are like, yeah, yeah, I'll go for cocktail party. At least nobody <laughs> dies. Right? No, but, but there's those two ditches. And, and the reality is, is the one ditch is nobody thinks for me. I decide everything for myself individualism. And the other is you think for me. Anybody here vacillated between those two? Because you thought for you for a while and, and then realized I'm dumb. And then you swung to the other extreme and realized they're dumb too. And then you, right? No, those are the two extremes. But in the middle, in the middle is this place of community. And, and the other thing about this is, is the cult is closed, right? Anybody come up to a table and there are no seats at the table? Like you, you came up to a group and they're like, and they look really, really happy, but you can't figure out how to get in. See, love is not about me getting my needs met. If it's about my needs getting met, then a new person coming in is a threat because there's less love to go around. But when love is about, I have more than enough and I give away and you give me, then suddenly a new person walks up, ooh, more love. There's room at the table, but only love can make that happen. And we can immediately tell when love's not evident because you are now a threat. You take away love from me. You take away. There's not enough to go around, right? And so let's keep going. In chapter, oh, sorry. Okay. In chapter 17, this is where we were going. Just two verses. Chapter 17, 22. So he, this is literally the... He spent last three or four chapters, this is everything. He's trying to give them everything he can for what they need to transform the entire world in three chapters. Should it be important? Mm -hmm. But again, he's about to leave, so this is the last of the last of the last of the last of the last. So what does he say? Verse 22, I, talking to God, have given them the glory you gave me. The glory is the manifestation of the image of God with the power of God to do the will of God. So in other words, you were made to look like God, but without his power inside of you, you cannot do what you were intended to do. But the glory of God is when you do stuff, and people go, wow! And you're like, yeah, that would be God, right? That is the glory of God. He said, I get, have given them the glory that you gave me, that they may be, why did he give them the glory? So we can feel good? So we can be fully self-actualized. So we can achieve our destiny. No. He said, I gave them that they may be one, even as you and I are one. The primary reason that he has given us his spirit is not so we can prophesy. Not so we can raise the dead. Not so we can heal the sick. But Even so though we do all those things, Because right? we do. But so that we can actually be one. Because that's way more, way more supernatural than raising the dead. <laughs> if anybody's been married. <laughs> that they may be one. I in them, 
It's not by our ability. It's by his presence in us and you in me so that they may be brought to complete unity. Why? So we can all sing Kumbaya. Kumbaya, my Lord. No. Why? Oh, let's keep reading. Then the world will know that you sent me and have loved them even as you have loved me. Listen, the world doesn't need people screaming at them. The world, doesn't need to, the world doesn't need people telling them what's wrong with them. The world doesn't need that. What they need to see is heaven come to earth in relationships. Because that's truly supernatural. The world can fake love because they've never seen love. But when they've seen love, all the world will come running. But what I want to say is, I, I honestly, this is, as Masha said, this is the appetizer. Guys, we're going on a journey through the end of this year. And the journey is to bring us to a point where we're willing to show up. We're allowing God to transform our hearts, to allow God's love to flow through us radically, sacrificially, where we're willing to create more seats at our table, where we're willing to risk creating tables, where we're willing to risk um, showing a world love even if they reject it where we're willing to love the people who don't love us back, where we're willing to love the people who have violated our trust. We're, we're looking for the, the end of this year to dive into the heart of love and find more than enough for all those things. If we could have the worship team come up. who Jesus. I would just really encourage all of us. Um... I really feel like there's probably not a single one of us who didn't get triggered at one point today. Um, and don't pull back from that one thing. Don't chase all the other things. But that one area where your heart really got raw, I would really double-dog dare you for the season. Triple-dog dare you to go before the Lord with that today. And don't leave Him until you have gotten what you came for. You've gotten a measure of healing, a measure of breakthrough, a measure of being able to show up, to be willing to connect um, and allow him to flow through you to love one another. If we could stand. Father, I just ask right now that you would heal our hearts. You would speak your life to us. Lord, that you would give us courage to believe for a love that we may never have experienced. Give us courage to hope for a father better than our earthly father, for brothers and sisters better than we've ever known. Lord, give us courage to believe for what your cross has made available, your love manifest on the earth.